Hey gang, welcome to Bad at Parties. This is your host, Andy Zook. A fantastic episode here with Sheris Kevin, who is a photographer and a musician. We've got a link to Sheris' website on our Facebook and on Instagram, so take a quick second before the podcast to follow us on social media and get a chance to see the stuff that our artists make. Okay, nothing to promote, so I'll jump right into my conversation as Sheris and I get rid of the distraction, which is the ticking of a clock. My drove me crazy. My grandma, no, like my grandma had one, but the thing that like really got to me was my friend Peter, who was like my great, one of my grade school friends. He, mm-hmm. his family had like a big giant grandfather clock. Oh yeah. That would just sit in their like living room and we'd sleep like on the couches and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, it would just like when the bell would toll in the middle <laughs> of the night, like any chance I had of sleeping through like that uh-huh. pendulum swinging back and forth. As soon as that bell went off, I was just like. Oh no, like, I'm totally done. Not like, happening. Yeah. No way. But he was, it was like him, he was my best friend, mm-hmm. and then Matt was my best friend, and they were my best friends until, uh-huh. like, middle school when I, like, I'm making air quotes, broke up with uh-huh. them. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. had to break up with them? Well, because I was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I broke up with my friends because they... Um, because I didn't have any friends and like mm-hmm. they were, and it was terrible. And I totally was like, well, these are my friends, but I want to have more than like two friends. And they were the only friends I had and they like totally stuck by me while I was awkward. And I was like, I want to not be awkward. Mm-hmm. And so I like, was like, you got, I'm going to not hang out with you. I like told them like, I'm not going to really? hang out with you anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was terrible. And then they, then I just didn't have any friends for like a long time. Oh. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I've had to break up with friends, but I've always done that very passive-aggressive. Yeah. How do you passive-aggressively break up with friends? <laughs> I just stop talking to them. Oh. No. That's, I feel like that's what most people do. That's, like, the rational thing, whereas, mm-hmm. like, the adult middle schooler, Andy, <laughs> is like, all right, this has been a good run. <laughs> we are done. We are done. This is where we go our separate yeah. ways. And so instead of walking around the track with you mm-hmm. I'm going to go sit in the band room and eat lunch by myself for a little <laughs> bit I don't know I feel like that's probably more of an adult way to do it right that's what I'm saying me like, being like <laughs> so I haven't heard from you in a while <laughs> oh yeah that's just because I don't want to be your friend anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to mm-hmm. tell that to you yeah. yeah breaking up with friends is weird yeah it's very weird yeah but sometimes it's more of just I don't know. I a lot of the those instances, it's more of like we're just kind of in different places right now, and that's okay, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna be okay with that. And do we want to really hash it out, or mm-hmm. can we just like walk away, come back a month, a year, ten years later, <laughs> totally, and just pick up where we left off? Yeah, which I, I don't know if that's good, but <laughs> I think like the worst thing I ever did in that regard of like a like saying like we're friends and I'm, I'm stopping being friends was mm-hmm. actually like when I, I don't know, when I was in Sea Fever, like my old band, mm-hmm. um, our bass player, Chris, do you, did you ever know him? I don't know. He's a great guy. I don't know. He's really good. He, um, is in, he just started a brand new company mm-hmm. over in Queen Anne and it's, uh, called, I'm totally, it's called, I'm going to get it. Pack animal. That's what it is. Oh, Chris, yeah. Hansen. Yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Hansen, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, so he used to play bass in Sea Fever, which is my old band. Okay, yes. And was, like, easily, like, in college, like, actively, mm-hmm. like, my most, like, close friend. Yeah. For, like, a good period of time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, band stuff just started getting really, really particular. I was getting, like, you know, I was having a lot of social anxiety and stuff like that. And was, yeah. like, taking it out on people. And I think, like, when I have social anxiety, it's very much my style to start like, blaming all of the things I can. And so I would totally blame the band. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this is my outlet, and it's mm-hmm. not going to... And so um, he, like, hit this point where we weren't doing super well, and he recognized it, and he was like, I want to take a break. And I was like, if you want to take a break, we're going to get a new bass player. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and then we were just, like, totally not friends after that for, like, Aww, a long time. That's like, so I sad. super regret it. But, yeah. like, he invited me to his wedding, and, yeah. like, we have had talks and, like... Mm-hmm. You know, less than I would like, but yeah, yeah. good person. Mm-hmm. But that's like I don't know. I think that when you get into art with people, yeah, it who, can get messy. It can get really messy. <laughs> art is messy. Art so. is super messy, and like I don't know, especially when you're like trying to share the space. You're trying to be like mm-hmm. you get equal amount of creativity as I do. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get Do you get that? Do you have you ever had to like try to? I don't share my. Own. You don't share your. <laughs> I just don't share it. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. Okay, this is the thing that I'm not great at. Mm-hmm. Is I'm not good at sharing things with people. Like sharing by sharing, I mean I like share verbally things, but not sharing in experiences. Mm. So. I don't know. Maybe it, I don't know if it's because I just haven't like found the right people to do it with, which it might be, mm-hmm. um, or if it's just because I'm a control freak, dude, <laughs> or maybe both. Maybe a little bit. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just hard to. I don't know. You like want, especially with art in general. I'm just generalizing any art. You. It's so personal. Mm-hmm. And so. For me to say, I'm going to share this personal thing in this particular way and to have someone else come along and say, but I think it should look or sound this way. Right. It's like, but this is my feeling. Totally. And it's like this, um, I think it's like this really headstrong kind Mm -hmm. of like, but my way is the right way. Like we could do that to be like nice to you, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be less good than what I could do by myself is like the mindset that we tell ourselves. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. And, like, there have been times where I will write a song and then I play play it for Tony. Like, what do you think? And he, you know, he'll be like, that's great. I really like it. Cool. You should change this word or, mm-hmm. um, you know, do this here. Or make, I don't really like this. Because he's a great songwriter. And I'm like, I, he is a great songwriter. Yes. He's a very great songwriter. But. <laughs> he would not agree with us. Yeah. But he really much is. Yeah. But, um, I'm, like, immediately offended by it and, like, defensive, and then we get in a little fight, and he's like, oh, well, I thought you wanted to share it with me. I'm like, well, I wanted to share it, but I didn't want your opinion. Yeah, I wanted to put it out there, and then I wanted you to be amazed, (laughs) and that's it. And, like, boost my ego a little bit. Right, which is a very, like, kiddish way, you know? It's like, hey, share this. Hey, Andy, come get in front of the grandparents and sing. And then you do it, and they're just like, you are so great. They're not sitting there saying, like, well, you should have done this. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. They're not, like... What is it that pageant moms like? Oh like, gosh. you've got to curtsy deeper. 
Because I could have oh, used so a little bad. bit of pageant lawn from my mom telling it's me, like, true. Andy, you're singing pretty nasally right now. <laughs> That's the thing, though, is it's a double-edged sword. Because I also have, I have this deep-rooted fear. <laughs> like, real deep, this fear about anything that I'm involved in in life that I will find out one day that everyone was lying to me about being good at it. Right. And that I'll just realize I am that awful, like I am such a bad musician or um, I really can't sing well or write or I really shouldn't be doing Mm. anything creative because that's just not, like people just tell me that my whole life to make me feel better and because they're afraid to hurt my feelings, and then I'm that person. Yeah. That everyone's like, ooh. What would be great is if you had that person in your life who was like, fuck you, Sheriffs, you're the worst. I mean, your music's really great, but I hate you. Yeah. Then at least you know they mean it. It's true. <laughs> it reminds me of, so Tony and I the other night, mm-hmm. we watched um, That Thing You Do. Mm-hmm. And I thought I great hadn't movie. seen it, but when we watched it, I realized I had seen it. Right. But I was, like, too young to appreciate it. Anyway, so we watch it, and there's that scene when they have the competition. Like, uh, I think it's, like, a battle of the bands or it's something. It's, like, the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. very beginning. Yeah. And um, there's this, like, brief shot of this all-girl band, all-female band. And they're, like, in lo- these long dresses, and, like, they're just awful. Yes. Like, they're just playing horribly. Like, it's supposed to be a joke. Right. And so, and we just both were cracking up at this scene and looking mm-hmm. at each other like, oh, it's so painful to mm-hmm. watch. But then I looked at Tony and I was like, but that's my deepest fear. Yes. Is that I am that band. Yeah, like, what if I'm that person. band? <laughs> or like, whether it's music or anything else in life, like, mm-hmm. I, that is my biggest fear is that I'm that person. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I think that we've all had that happen to us where, like, you know, especially being, like, really critical people, mm-hmm. like, I know that we both yes. have talked a lot about this, that we're very critical, self-critical people and externally critical people, but, like, we're very capable of looking back at things that we've done artistically mm-hmm. or whatever in the past and say, this isn't very good. Yeah. From our perspective. Yeah. You know, as someone who is constantly challenging ourselves, constantly growing, I think anybody can relate to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever your craft is, whatever your pursuit is, like you hit this point where you can look back and say, that wasn't as good as what I'm doing right now. And when you can get into that mindset, then it kind of makes you humble because you can say, what I'm doing right now, I'll probably get to a point where I'll say, that wasn't that good, but I'm doing even better now. Yeah. But at the same time, the other side of that is mm-hmm. you're able to say like, what was everyone doing telling me I was so good at this <laughs> yeah. point it's true what uh-huh it's uh, well I was listening to um the liturgist podcast today mm. I've never heard oh it. my gosh it is so good mm. um I've heard a lot about it and then didn't start listening to it until yesterday and I've listened to like five episodes and they're all an hour long so good cool uh, but there was one about songwriting and so they interview um Ryan forget his last name from uh, sleeping at last Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. um, about songwriting. And one of the things they discuss is just the fact that, like, everyone can kind of relate to that feeling of being, like, really embarrassed of, like, their old music. Mm-hmm. Like, so they were talking as musicians how they all, um, you know, listen, like, he particularly doesn't listen to his music once it's finished. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Because... 
he will get embarrassed by the earlier stuff that he did. I've heard that Tom York does that too. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, he just like, didn't they just like delete all of their music from the internet? Oh, I think actually, that, I forgot about it. Yeah. 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 But I think like long before that, like uh-huh. I've heard that he doesn't ever listen back to stuff and like hasn't played Creep on stage for like a long, long time. Really? Because he's just like, no, I just don't want to hear that. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you just, like, get embarrassed about it. And I love that this, like, analogy he used was, yeah, it's like looking at that photo of yourself in elementary school with the really bad haircut and style. And you're just like... So true. I thought I was so cool in that moment. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at this photograph, and I look like a complete dork. What are you doing? You're just breaking up with your friends, you dumb dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, that's such a good point. But they also talked about how you kind of just have to embrace it it's inevitable that you will feel that way about that next song that you're going to create because mm. years are going to pass and your style will change or your beliefs. Like they talked about how, um, uh, Michael Gunger was, is in it as yeah. well. And he was talking about how he, a lot of his early writings, he's really like kind of embarrassed about because he mm. be- has such a different faith now. Totally. And so it just, he can't relate to it anymore. Mm. And so it's almost like this embarrassing thing of like, I wrote these lyrics that I don't even relate to anymore. Right. And that's kind of, well, hopefully Tony isn't mine. <laughs> that's kind of like what Tony's described of his music of like, I just don't relate to my music anymore. Right. And he thinks it's all crap. I'm like, well, it's definitely not. It's still great. And there are plenty of people out there that tell me how much they've loved your music. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's that same feeling of, like, that's the old But he and I uh, were playing music, like, together at that same time. Mm -hmm. And, like, the stuff that he was writing then and the stuff that I was writing then, like, I know I'm not playing those songs anymore Mm because, like, I'm just like, no, I I can't play all the angry songs that the person (laughs) who I then married later... Totally. That won't bode well. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I think it definitely is funny to, like, like try to be creative. You were talking before about, like, when you're writing and you show your music mm-hmm. to your married partner and, like, Tony's, like, giving you advice and he, you're snapping it in. I've definitely had that with Heather. Yeah. Where I'm wanting to show her music and, like... I can t- see on her face, like, now a lot of times she's like, I just don't even want you to show me mm-hmm. because I know you're going to not respond well or I can <laughs> yeah. say nothing. Like, uh-huh. it's not going to go well. And I I don't know. I think that that, like, being married and creative is such yeah. a, like, weird fucking thing to try to figure out. It is out. really weird. Yeah. Well, I was... There's this cool place in Fremont. Maybe I've actually, I think I'm now realizing I've totally assumed that this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And it might not be this at all. But there's (laughs) this place, I think it's called Folktown. And Uh it's like a therapy center for artists. Oh. And it's kind of like, I've heard it described as like, you have to create stuff Mm -hmm. that is important and meaningful. How do you balance that with yourself? Mm -hmm. How do you not hurt other people? Um, how do you not put all your weight into it? Because I've definitely, like, experienced that before where you, um, have this moment where you're like, wow, I am entirely basing my value off oh, of yeah. what I'm creating. Yeah. Um, and I get that. And I think that, like, to, to then take those concepts and, like, mm-hmm. put that in the structure of a marriage where you're trying to not be a selfish person. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, grow and understand and, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's and messy and confusing. Mm-hmm. But it just is what it is. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah. I think it's 
I really struggle with like sharing my. I think I kind of had this picturesque idea of like maybe Tony and I could write together. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that could be a thing. Totally, that would be really exciting. And then he shot it down like pretty quickly. I've done that to Heather, um, and I'm glad because it just wouldn't work. Like it mm-hmm. just at least right now. I think maybe you know maybe someday when he's like more excited about like doing music again, like I'm kind of in this like excitement about it. And he's like, yeah, I kind of did that. I'm a little bit over it right now. I need sure. a break. Um, so maybe someday we could, but I'm not going to like hold out for it. It's, it's just a funny thing where like when you're so like involved in each other's lives, 24 seven to like sit down and try and like hash out your emotions in a in music mm-hmm. or your thoughts in music in a like what's the word I'm looking for in almost like a platonic way mm, because yeah. you want to just sit down and like this is kind of business like right. we're gonna sit and write like I don't know totally. you come if I want to do that yeah, you're like <laughs> I don't know if we can like get to the spot where we can come in and like pretend we're at like zero right now yeah like we're carrying mm-hmm. our whole lives into this space yeah, with us everything yeah um, and I see people do that, like, mm-hmm. like people who are married starting businesses. That sounds I, yeah. crazy to me. I know. Which is what a, if you're going into band, like being a musician and you're like mm-hmm. trying to say like, I'm going to be a full-time musician. Yeah. Um, you're starting a business. Mm-hmm. You a hundred percent are starting a business. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that. I was yeah. just reading, uh, Chris Orlowski. Um, just put out this thing. It was, I just saw it on Facebook. Oh, I got, yes. like, Facebook. Did you read this? Oh, I, about the music video? Or <laughs> no. no. Oh, okay, never mind. He, he's all over the place. <laughs> but he put out this, um, uh, post that, like, he had been asked to write about what it's like to be a full-time musician. Oh, and, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, he wrote this yeah. article called, I think it's called, like, My First Year as a Full-Time Musician. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's pretty short, and it's mostly graphics and a little bit of words. But it's, yeah. like, it's nicely done, and it's mm-hmm. very, like show don't tell yeah like really makes it accessible um but like just like if you're starting a business you're putting in 80 hours a week you're mm-hmm. putting in all of your money you're not doing things for yourself you're doing it for that and to like have two people oh, both agreeing like we're so both much. doing that and like I don't know we definitely have that like you're being like that accusatory like feeling like what if the other person's being selfish like mm-hmm. Or, like, that feeling of, like, I'm going to go get a drink with my friends, but we're supposed to be pouring all of our money into this creative thing or this business thing. And, it's yeah, yeah, it's so messy. It is so messy. I don't think I... And it's funny. So, with Tony's woodworking, um, which is amazing, and I've always kind of thought, like, oh, it would be so cool if someday we can get to a point where I can, like, quit my job and do all of the admin operations work. Right. And there definitely is that, like, dream if that would be really, really awesome. Because that's my forte. And it could be, like, a really, really cool thing. But then this, there's this other part of me that always thinks about, like, I actually, in more recent years, like, in the last four four-ish years of my life have really enjoyed compartmentalizing my life Mm -hmm. which I always I kid you not there was actually like a sermon when I was in youth group about how compartmentalizing is a bad thing and it talked about how awful it is killing it again at the church oh my gosh they're just (laughs) and I don't know what it was but it was like I think it was kind of the first time it was like 
probably elementary, like middle school that I had actually heard of that concept. And so it just stuck out to me. And I was like, man, I never want to be a person who compartmentalizes. In church youth groups, <laughs> just spewing out big, poorly shown concepts so to bad. super impressionable oh kids. Oh my gosh, yeah. Especially me, who's like, tell me everything, teach me everything I like, need to first, know. Like first, <laughs> we're going to fill the room with drums. Emotional. Get your heart beating. Drums. We're going to fill the room with attractive people your age that you're not allowed to look at sexually. Yes. And then we're going to tell you how to change your brain so that you can look at them sexually <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. Like, goddamn it. <laughs> Literally, goddamn it. <laughs> oh, man. But there's this one sermon that I remember about compartmentalizing your life and how b- awful it is and you shouldn't do it. And, um, and in the last four years, I've, like, learned how to do that. And it's been so good and, like, healthy for me. And so I think about that, too, of, like, that you know, I often get lost in these dreams and visions of, you know, whether it's in a marriage or other things, I, even like at work, some people, their friends are their, the people they work with. Right. And I, that's just like never really been my thing. And I've always been afraid of it because I just like to be able to like go home and kind of have like a different world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I found it to be healthy, but I think for me at least, and um, anyway, thinking about having a business with Tony, I'm like, well, that sounds really cool, but I actually like like having my this like right. separation of personal and work and mm-hmm. music and whatever else, photography and all of it. Right. And it's so hard to like get to the point where you're taking like I talk a lot about uh, I feel like all of the art forms I am engaging in right now are hobbies. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah. I love that they're hobbies because I can do that compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at my friends who are touring full, full time and that's, that's, it's all the time. Yeah. Like it's constant. It's constant. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like you're stuck at that party for months. Oh my gosh. It's so, sounds and so it, exhausting. It sounds so exhausting. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just, I love that I can, like, go and rock out with the, the band that I'm playing with, like, once a week and mm-hmm. then, like, go play a show and, like, maybe I'll hit feel really creative. And so, like, you know, I'll try to get practice in every day. I'll try to write a little bit every day and just mm-hmm. keep with my, with my art form and, like, stay proficient. But, like, I have the ability to stop and play a video game. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> or watch The Bachelorette. Or watch The Bachelorette. <laughs> Freaking yeah. Chad, am I, I right? Know. Those Chads. Those Chads, they're everywhere. <laughs> Just the worst. Yeah, it's it's really good to be able to compartmentalize yeah. and be able to step out and not get super. Oh yeah, focused. I used to think I wanted to like do photography full time, hmm. and then I did it. Well, I'm still doing it part time, but I was getting to a point where I could have started doing it full-time and I realized oh yeah nope don't want to do this so here's the real thing (laughs) I think I knew in the back of my mind that you Uh did photography but like when you offered to say like hey I'll come out and do like some photos for your band like Mm -hmm. at the next show it'll be super fun like I was just like oh okay yeah I bet Sharis is so good at that she's (laughs) she's great I think she told me she does photography sometimes I think Uh I remember her doing a wedding and then like the photos you sent me were so beautiful. 
I was stunned. And then I looked on your website because I'd never gone on it. I was like, oh my gosh. This is a thing. Sharis is a really good photographer. Thank you. Like, really, really good. Um, Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, I was totally blown away. And I don't know why I didn't know that. I mean, it's funny because I, I don't know, I... I did it more before I moved to Seattle, so I was, like, much more involved in it before, and then, like, the first year I was in Seattle, I did a lot of it, and then, yeah, I just was like, I don't want to be my own admin and bookkeeper and all of these other things that I have to do to run a business and then pay all these ridiculous taxes. (laughs) Um, So I, yeah, I thought I wanted to do that full time. And I started like doing, I don't know, certain weddings. I just felt so exhausted afterwards and just had so much anxiety and stress going into it and then walking away from it and like leading up to giving them their photos like are they gonna like them Mm. and there's just so much pressure for a wedding day specifically that I just was it was too much it was like I don't want to be doing this every single weekend and feeling this stress which kind of is a choice but it felt like it started to like take the joy out of it right like it became a thing where I, I have to do this I don't get to do this. Right. And I feel like that's such a, it's so different, like, than any other art form Mm -hmm. in this day and age, especially. Yeah. Because I think people can say, like, wow, that's a beautiful song. I could never do something like that. Or Mm -hmm. they'll be like, "Uh, oh, my gosh, you wrote this thing. I can never write something like that. But Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, it's a photo. I can do that. (laughs) I've got a phone. (laughs) Yeah. And people have no respect for for what it means to be a photographer and what it means to, like, be a creative in that and I I'm, I'm saying people and I'm saying myself like I really don't have that full concept of of what it means to like get to the point where you can be monetizing it where you can mm-hmm. say like I'm doing this for money which is important yeah but at the same time I'm able to receive money because I can bring the creativity to it like I've mm-hmm. I used to have a film camera. I love taking photos, but I could never imagine like the moment that I took a photo and I was like, yep, that was it. Yeah. And bringing that to a high stress environment where people oh, gosh, are getting married. So where, yeah. <laughs> like what is yeah. that? I, what is that even like? Um, it's funny. There have been a handful of weddings that I absolutely adored and mm-hmm. it was just like, I was on it and like loved it. Mm-hmm. It was in the moment and I just felt like I'm killing this. They're having fun. I'm having fun. This is the best. And then there are other weddings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've told me about these. <laughs> like a nightmare. Yeah. And there definitely have been experiences where I'm like sexually harassed the entire time oh by groomsmen. Or, you know, just like the bride is really cranky or unhappy mm-hmm. and then... Um, I, it just, you get all sorts of people yeah. and, um, that's just a part of it. And it's funny cause I never went into photography. Like I want to be a wedding photographer, but that's a really easy place to make money totally. when you're first starting out. And once you can get a solid portfolio from that, then it's kind of hard to stop because it's good like, money. Wow. This is, this <laughs> so, is where all the money is. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Okay, I always have to be careful when I say that, though, because, yes, there are some really bad experiences with anything in life, but um, I have had some really bad experiences with weddings, but I also, like, never um, take for granted how 
like humbling it is and what an amazing experience it is for someone to invite you into this like very mm. intimate day. Totally. Like it really is this very special day and you're a complete stranger. And not mm-hmm. only are they asking you to come in and be a part of it, but they're asking you to be in their face with a lens. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like it's really crazy. And you're like in the thick of it. So mm. I really like think it's an honor, like a huge honor. And right. I always approach it with that respect. Mm. But it is hard. And I don't really like, I wouldn't say weddings are my like thing I'm passionate about right. shooting. So I'm trying to figure that out right now, actually, of like what... Like, what drew me to photography, and why do I do it, and why do I want to continue doing it? Because I stopped doing it for so long. And a lot of what, why I stopped was I was extremely discouraged because mm. I moved to Seattle, and everyone's a photographer. Yeah. And everyone's a musician. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've met someone, like, hi, who are you? Like, what do you do? And they say, I'm a photographer. I'm like, cool, what kind of photography? Uh, oh, I'm an iPhone photographer, and, like, I'm sponsored, like, you know, like, through... Right, and you're just, And, I mean, I'm... Not to say that... Great, like, more power to yeah, you. Yeah, and if like, you're doing it, good. Do it, great. Do it. I'm not. <laughs> but, Which one? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, like... You know, it's just a thing that is so oversaturated, mm-hmm. and so it can be so discouraging to be like, well, I put all this money and time and energy into learning, like, the technical aspects of photography and how yeah. to use these cameras like i know and, how to use an slr and a dslr like and yeah. i know like when to use it's, like film and when to use digital i know yeah. how to like yeah it's just crazy and it just kind of feels like well that all went to shit like because here's you know joe schmo like waltzing up with his iphone yeah. like well i know how to frame a photo so. right i think it's the difference between someone being like i'm a videographer or mm-hmm. I'm a filmmaker, and someone being like, oh, that's awesome. I make, like, thousands of dollars a year on Vine. Yeah. <laughs> and those kids are. There's these yeah, high school totally. kids just, like, rolling in it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shoot, if you can do that, do yeah. it. Make that it's money. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's super discouraging. Yeah. And so I just kind of, like, stepped away from it, but... I actually just received today some new lighting gear, and it's, like, really cheap shit. It's nothing special, but I got it on Amazon for, like, I think I spent, like, $170, which is... What'd you get? The cheapest. Yeah. (laughs) What did you get? But I got these two mono lights with Mm -hmm. soft boxes, and um, nothing fancy, nothing special at all, But you don't, like, that's the thing about photography. If you know what you're doing, like, you don't need the nicest gear. Nope. Like, you, it's cool to have nice gear and get to a point where you're like, oh, I actually feel like I've outgrown this camera and I do need something nicer. Like, that's a really cool feeling. Yeah. But until you get to that point, like, there's no need to go out and buy the nicest. Mm. Like, so anyway, so I got these um, mono lights I, I for love, yeah. like portraits and stuff, That's but so cool. I got it for this project that I'm really excited about, and I think it's like my first truly like original idea that I don't think anyone what? else in the world is doing, I don't and know that is this. super rare. And I don't even want to share it right now <laughs> because it's so original it's that I'm like, I'll, I'll tell you after. That's. There's like I'll tell you all the future ghosts recording. who are going to hear this <laughs> are super pissed right now. I'm well, sorry. they're not not now, but like yes, now, like yes. the now that is then. 
Yeah. There, yeah. I'm there sorry, guys, but I will share it as soon as it's done, and I'm starting cool. it this weekend. Will it, will it be on your website? Yes. Cool. I uh, will put it on my website. What's your website? Sherisrose.com. I already knew that. I just wanted you to <laughs> say it. I'll, but um, I'll, link it. I'll link it and everything. Yeah. I'll post it out there. But anyway, I'm really excited because it's been a project that I had on... I had in my mind and I've shared it with a couple of people and they're like, oh my gosh, like that actually is like a really original thing. And anyway, um, I have been putting it off for about a year. <laughs> so but now I'm you starting just announced it this it. weekend and mm-hmm. y'all are holding me accountable. Yeah. Well, this is my favorite thing so far about this podcast. Like every single person, you're the third, but so far each person who's done this podcast is like afterwards been like, oh yeah, I had to do things. So like mm-hmm. Ryan, who we had on yeah. last time. Who sounds amazing. He's a cool dude. He's yeah. really great. Ryan, um, we should be friends. Yeah. I think he might come over after this to listen oh, to Joseph's great. things because Joseph's playing on uh, Jimmy Fallon tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And I always want to say Jimmy Kimmel, but it's not. No, Jimmy I wanted to say something else, but it was nothing. I wanted to say nothing. Um, I, I hate, I hate trying to come up with names. People coming here? Right, yeah. People maybe. coming here. People no, I mean here. people that you have interviewed so far. Oh, yeah. Or have been on the podcast. Right, so Ryan um, told me, like, he was like, yeah, I don't have a website, so I just made uh-huh. one really quickly. So that way <laughs> oh, I could awesome. have something. And then, like, as soon as we were done with the podcast, he's like, that was so exciting. I'm going to uh-huh. go write. And, like, Chris so was, like, telling me, like, that he's super getting super jazzed for his um, show that he's doing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He didn't talk too much about it. Okay, so Chris was less. But, um... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that that's been super exciting to me is to feel like it's a medium that's empowering other people. Oh, for sure. Which is my way of segueing back into a, a thing yes. that I was thinking that you were talking about earlier. So you were talking about, when you're talking about photography, you were talking mm-hmm. about um, weddings and you're there and it's such a special experience because, um, and I've definitely experienced this playing music for weddings, mm-hmm. you're not super you're not really gaining something you might be gaining some money um you might be gaining some free really good food Mm -hmm. um but you're really there like if you're doing your job right you're giving oh yeah you're you're and you're like being really if you're really engaged creatively the focus is on how do i make this how do i think about the other people Mm -hmm. and what i'm doing for them and how do i like cultivate this so that i can give it to them at the end you have something and you give it to them and it matters and it has deep significance and it's Mm -hmm. clear like I know what I did and I know what I gave to you I think that that's such a beautiful and important thing and I find that so hard I feel like I'm constantly wrestling with this idea right now when it comes to like I love engaging in music Mm -hmm. and I love that thing this thing that I'm doing with the podcast where I can see like how it's empowering other people um and yeah but like what makes um like with my music right now i'm super Mm -hmm. stuck on this idea of like why does anybody want to listen to this Mm, and i think that that's like the hardest thing when it comes to like a lot of creative things is like maybe it's really good for you awesome maybe it's a therapy yeah maybe it's an outlet maybe you're uh really skilled Mm -hmm. you know whatever but i feel like music is such a a hard thing for me to place the value even my friends who are doing really well even they're like the Joseph's about to play on Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. and I'm like that's awesome but I still like no disrespect to them but I can't I don't know what the value is mm, yeah. and I think that's so hard for me right yeah. now yeah no I totally get that because sometimes it feels really selfish almost because mm-hmm. yeah for well so I relate a lot to that in 
the aspect of music mm-hmm. specifically because that's how it feels like, do I even have something to say? Like, is what I have to say worth listening to? Right. Or is this just like, it makes me feel good to get this off my chest? And mm-hmm. is this something that actually will add value to someone else's life? Or right. is it just like, because it's therapy for me, right. <laughs> but one of the things I have to, like, I keep telling myself <laughs> is, like, I, well, Joseph, for example, there was one song um, that they had that when my friends passed away, it was, like, the, it was the only song I could listen to. Mm. Which like, song was it? Um, Eyes to the Sky? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I think what that, it's called, right? I don't know, actually. I'm <laughs> I mean, really, they say I'm bad with people's names. <laughs> I'm bad with song names. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah, anyway. it's a lyric. You can Google it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, it was like, I don't know, in the grief, I just, it was so hard to, and I love music. I listen to it all the time. And totally. It was just really hard to relate to anything at all. And so, like, there was, for some reason, that just that one song, like, really hmm. was the only thing that I could listen to. And, like, it was, like, hopeful, but also, like, able to make me, like, be okay with my grief. It was kind of this mixture of, like, I'm not, like, wallowing, but I'm also... Mm-hmm you know, not, like, rejoicing, because I'm not super excited right now, Mm -hmm. um, and I, that, I think of that, and I just think, like, Tony had written a song, and he's told this story about the song he wrote called Sarah, and Mm -hmm. it's a really sad song, it is, like, a, such a depressing song, Mm -hmm. but it's beautiful, and it's one of my favorite songs he's written, and it's about this, like, alcoholic mother Mm -hmm. and he wrote this whole story about this girl named Sarah and it's it's just really sad but um anyway um this he had played it once at a show and a girl named Sarah came up to him and said like I think you wrote that song for me like that is the story of my mom Mm. and everything in that song is what I've experienced with my mother and so there's like those moments where Mm. even if even if he never writes again, or if he goes on to decide to write millions more songs, like, I think that one song is worth it. And I think even, like, the song for me, whether it's that song that Joseph wrote or other songs in my life, like, when I was in high school and was really depressed and came out of this, like, horrifying abusive relationship, and there were songs that I could listen to, and like really like carried me through Mm. and like no matter what faith you have like even like sometimes music was it it has been more to me than prayer Mm. and so it is kind of a prayer I think in my life and so I guess that's like but it's different to everyone like everyone experiences music differently and has different um you know, some people love music, some people don't care for it, and there's different, so many different kinds of music, and I think I, I keep reminding myself that because I do have goals to record mm-hmm. and share my songs, and I am, like, really self-deprecating about my own music, <laughs> I think that they're, like, just the worst, <laughs> but I really want to share that because it scares me and it would challenge me and just like push me out of my comfort zone Mm. and even and I thought like I don't want to be a full-time musician I'm not trying to be anything from this 
But if I can just put it out there, and if there was one person who somehow randomly came across one of my songs, and it was what got them through like a really hard time, or even if not, like it just made them dance, or whatever, think about something differently in life, then like... Yeah, well I love that response so much, because it, it, first of all, it shows an example of what it does for you. Mm -hmm. It says, here's how I'm affected, and then it reflects like... But that's not how everyone else is reflected, and that's okay. Yeah. And I feel like the point of it is to say, like, I don't know how people are going to be affected. I don't know what the value is. The point is you put it out there. You do as much as you can to say, like, these things are important to me. You recognize the significance of these concepts or these ideas, and Mm -hmm. you don't shy away from them, and you be vulnerable with that. And then you say, great, I'm going to let people experience this as they need to. Maybe they mm-hmm. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they love it. I don't know. I think that that means a lot to me right now, just to think about the idea of of doing your absolute best, mm-hmm. doing whatever you can to make your music, to, to own these thoughts and these ideas that are so important, and then just say, and now experience whatever you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's freeing for you and for the listener or mm-hmm. whoever is receiving it. Because, I mean, I just think, too, like, as cliche as it is, life is short. And if, like, I, w- I would be really sad if I died and didn't share my music. Right. I can totally understand Even that if feeling. no one else benefit, Like, even if there's not that one person who has a profound moment because of it. It's just like, that would be really sad. Right. I've definitely thought the thought, like, if I die, I really hope someone finds all of the recordings I have and finishes the songs and puts them out there. Like, I don't even care if, like, it's not all the original. Like, just just get them out there. Uh Like, that's the best thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think... Relating, so relating that like same topic to photography, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love about photography is, I mean, image is huge and people, we're all insecure. I don't care what you say. You're insecure about something. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and. Or you're a sociopath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you feel insecure about you being a sociopath. Welcome to the Take real world, that. bitch. <laughs> um, but with photography, the greatest feeling in the world is for you to deliver your photos and f- or to look at them with your client and for them to be like, damn, I look good. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's such, when you see a photograph of yourself, mm. you're like, oh man, I look really attractive in that photo. Right. Uh. It feels good to be, to it almost is like, it doesn't matter if it's just because it's a certain angle or what. Like if when you can get a glimpse at as to how other people actually probably do view you and not oh. what you see when you look in the mirror, it's it's so empowering. And I love that right. with photography. There's like, nothing worse than when someone takes a photo of you and they put it on oh social God. media and you're like, Dear God, is that how people see me? <laughs> it's the worst. Is yeah. that is that what it's more like? Yeah. <laughs> but to have that and you know, whatever I Whatever that true image is that other... What was that? I don't, I don't know. I think it's my Oh, dog. it sounded like a firework. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, there's just something really cool about giving someone else, like, a, a different perspective on themselves. And, like, especially on, you know, weddings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a good feeling. 
to to be able to go into a shoot and just be like, I, I mean, that's really the attitude I have every time. It's like, I don't even care, like, what my experience is. I just want to be able to give them something that makes them feel fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And that they will treasure and just learn to love themselves more. Mm. Um, and support in that way. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just a really cool thing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were, you were mentioning before, like, the self-deprecating. I'm totally, like, jumping back oh, yeah. to what you are saying. You were talking about the self-deprecating mm-hmm. of, um, like, playing music. And, yeah. like, I think the writing process can be such, like... For me, I, I know that for some people it's very pleasant. Mm-hmm. It is not a pleasant experience for me. Like, like it's, like... It's like angry masturbating is what <laughs> songwriting is. And then you finally get like a good moment at the very end. Like and that's, that's amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, like that's but it's just like frustrating and it takes forever and sometimes mm-hmm. nothing happens and you just have to keep coming back to the same thing over yeah. and over again. Yeah, you're, I really wish I'd gone with a different metaphor, but I think it is so, so accurate. No. It is. It's a really good description. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that um, totally setting that metaphor aside, um, I've been thinking a lot about meditation lately. And when you mm. get to that moment when you're trying to write and you just start telling yourself, yeah. like, this doesn't sound good. How mm. does this represent your voice? Like, why are you even doing this? Mm-hmm. You're not a very good instrumentalist. Uh, the melodies you're writing aren't creative. Like, all yeah. the things that you can think it's or I oftentimes start picturing other people and what they will say with like I'll play some things and I'll imagine someone responding to it and mm-hmm. I just I've got all these voices in my head yeah and so lately um a new thing I'm trying to do is when that happens put down the guitar and meditate Mm-hmm. which is a, a new idea for me, even though I've heard a lot of people it's talk hard. about meditating. Meditation is really it's, hard. It's so hard. <laughs> but like that, like, so first of all, meditate outside of that space. So that way you have some <laughs> the ability to do it when you're comfortable. Yeah. And then when you've created that safe space for yourself, you're able to reopen it back up in that artistic process mm-hmm. and say like, I have enough time. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing that universe. I'm choosing the universe in which I believe I have enough time to pause, let this yeah. sink in, and say my thoughts and my feelings and my my muse is not like if I don't give it a good environment to come into, mm-hmm. why would it want to come into this house? I'm not being a good host. Yeah. My muse is I trying like to that. come into this place and I'm just insulting it. Uh-huh. You know? I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes really you just gotta be like, I'm trying to throw the party and I didn't clean up. That's so good. <laughs> I just gotta stop. I gotta clean yeah. up a little bit. Bad at parties. Yeah, you're bad at parties. Otherwise, <laughs> you're bad at your brain party. You're bad at your which brain is party. so true. Uh, it's so true. Yeah. I really like that. It's it's very true. I um, it reminds me that I today in mm-hmm. the mail got these two books mm-hmm. by. I'm not going to say her last name, but because I can't remember how to say it. That's okay. It's I don't know anybody's names. Pima. Pima. And she is a famous um, Buddhist nun. Oh, cool. And so she... I had her book, When Things Fall Apart. Amazing. Cool. Um, when Things are, Fall Apart by Pima. Something. Last name. Great. <laughs> um, the last... The other two books I got... I don't remember the names, but I think it's like Taking the Leap or... And then there's mm-hmm. like something else. But 
she talks all about the practice of meditation. Mm. And then each of these books focuses on something different. Like when things fall apart is when chaos is happening around you, Mm -hmm. grief, loss, whatever. Um, How do you fit meditation into your life? Like how do you invite the grief into that and like feel it, be in it, and move through it? And and then these other ones are more around like fear and guilt and Mm. um, all those voices in your head. And so I'm excited to read them. So you should read them too. But I might have to do like a, you read one, like if you're done and you like it, like let me borrow it. And if you hate it, like we'll forget about this conversation. That's true. But I loved the first book that I read. Oh, you already read one. The first one. Yeah. When things fall apart, it was mind blowing. Didn't didn't you get them in the mail today? Uh, two, the other two. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I was ready for you to be like, yeah, Andy, I read books. (laughs) I read them in an hour. I don't read books. I wish I read books. I want to be a better reader, but like, Uh, yeah, I'm so bad. They're short. Great. And they've got small words. (laughs) And they've got a button in the back and you push it when you get to certain words and it tells you how to say it. Audiobooks. Yeah. Audiobooks are my best friends. Yeah. But I am really excited to read them. Um, But the first one, When Things Fall Apart, I never, I didn't know anything about Buddhism. I didn't really know the art of meditation. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I've heard of meditation. But... I never, like, spent time learning about it. And so it was super interesting and eye-opening to, like, learn these, like, actual practices. You know, how do you... I mean, it's a discipline, and it's once you can do it, and the moments that I have been able to find this, like, place where you're... It's this crazy place where you can be aware of what's happening around you, but also be in this totally other, like what world in your mind it's crazy well i've been yeah i've been thinking about it so much that like it's like creating a moment where you say i'm going to strip away as much of this universe as i have which Mm -hmm. is imaginary yeah and i'm going to go to another universe which is equally imaginary and who's to say which is more real Mm me yeah exclusively and so you're able to say like great i'm going to practice letting that exist because when nothing matters and everything matters and mm-hmm. you're able to just kind of float in between those spaces, I think that it makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. I'm not able to do that. It's so I'm hard. I have a lot either. of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, one of the things that she talks about in that book is really cool is even just your posture. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, she has you try all these things, like your posture when you're meditating. And one of the things she talks about is when, like, let's say your ankle starts hurting or your foot falls asleep, like, don't move. Hmm. You stay where you are. And you make yourself aware of it so that you're not totally out of touch with what's around you. Right. But you don't let it consume your thoughts. Right. And you don't say, this is inherently bad and yeah. I have to change it. You're saying, like... This is happening. It's uncomfortable, but it's temporary. Yeah. I don't have to avoid pain. I yeah. can be in it for a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's just such a cool... It's such a simple, practical way to practice that That will also end up being something that I think would end up being a habit in life, like mm-hmm. with uncomfortable situations emotionally or whatever it may be. Um and I, yeah, that is something that I've really appreciated. But I, all that said, real bad at, yeah. <laughs> really terrible. Growing, at. yes, getting better, learning, learning. <laughs> yes, I feel like there was something else that came to mind, and I am not remembering. That's right fine. Now. 
I could talk on this podcast yeah, with like, you for like three more I hours. I know. How long has it been? I'm not going to tell you. It's been an hour almost. Really? Yeah, it's been like 15 minutes. Oh my minutes. gosh. Eh, it's whatever. That's like how long Do you go? just do like a sit, like the whole thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Don't edit it. It's fun. Oh, I remembered. Can I say Yeah, it? duh. You can... <laughs> no, this is... I've been making a lot of rules, and this is the, la- this the, is the rule. This no. is the problem, yeah. though. I feel like we, we could talk for a very long time. We could time. talk for a long time. We do. Um, but it reminds me of the Liturgist podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. And there was an episode about creativity, and sci- there's this guy called Science Mike on it. He's great. And cool. so it's, it's all about, like, how do you talk... It's... They discuss things in light of, from the perspective of art, science, and faith. Cool. And so there's Science Mike, who's always there to offer the science perspective. I like it. And I they know talk about... He does the science, right? Yes. I figured that <laughs> okay. out. Cool. Um, and they talk about how there are people who are naturally um, creative, mm-hmm. who it's actually genetic, and then there are people who are not. And like he talks mm-hmm. about... Kind of left brain, right brain, like yeah. dominance. But it's proven that if you talk, like if you talk about yourself as being a creative person and you are not a creatively inclined person, you will actually become more creative oh. than someone who, you know, might be creatively inclined but doesn't actually believe it. Totally. Or, yeah. And just I, how... I mean, but, and like that's... You know, if you have a kid that's constantly saying, I'm bad at sports. Yeah. They're not going to be good at basketball. <laughs> yeah. I grew up saying, like, I'm bad at sports. And then I got older and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, I've got, like, a good, like, body. Like, I could have been really good at sports. Uh-huh. But I just, like, was super self-conscious. And, yeah. like, I would see myself fail and I would instantly be like, I'm not good at this. And so I would tell myself that. Yeah. Yeah. And the- it's I, that's how I think of, like, with meditation mm-hmm. and something that I've been thinking a lot about this week after listening to that podcast specifically because I was thinking about just the when you're writing songs, right? When you're writing music and all of those voices, all of those things you're talking, you're saying in your head, like, that was, like, for me, it's like that, that lyric is just, like, elementary level. Like, that was so stupid. Right. <laughs> like, t- Never mind, I'm not going to say this. Anyway, and, um, but how, all I need to do is just stop saying those things and say other things. And just start saying to myself, I'm creative. And I am a musician. And even that, like I've never, I don't know if I've ever actually said to someone, I am a musician. Hmm. Maybe I have. should say it on this podcast. I am a musician. That's tight. It feels like uncomfortable because <laughs> it is that thing where it's like if you have that doubt and you start just saying that, that becomes your truth. And then that's, I mean, really like me not, I feel like I'm really not articulating right now. No, but, you're doing a great um, job. Me choosing to say the negative instead of the positive is actually making me a worse musician. So true. Right? So like even just the thoughts and the verbal, like, ways I'm like, well, I don't know that many chords, or I just... Totally. And you defeat yourself when yeah. you say that. Like, anything. You say, like, I'm not good with money. I'm mm-hmm. not a good driver. I'm not, like, a good cook. You know, whatever it is that you're saying, you stop yourself right there. Yeah. And you can't get to the point where it says, like, everybody was at some point mm-hmm. the same skill level that you are. Yeah. Maybe not even there. But, like, you are not... 
stuck. Uh-huh. Like, keep going, keep walking. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's such a hard thing to, like, shift that mentality and to just train yourself. And then there's also that fear, right, of, like, but there is self-awareness, which is a very important thing in mm-hmm. life. Right. And there because are some like things said, that I'm not good at. Like you started out this whole conversation <laughs> saying, like, I am afraid to find out that I was bad at something yeah. the whole time. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm going to say, Sharis, be willing to find out that right <laughs> now true. you're doing something bad. Yeah. Put out the bad. Let it exist in the world and That's keep growing. Good. Like, you've got, to, like, you've. I think that if we are all more willing to say, like, I'm going to put out something that is bad, mm-hmm. that is unpolished, mm-hmm. and then keep going with it, no one's paying me a million dollars per thing I put out. Like, yeah. it's okay if I put out something shitty. I'm not going to lose anything. Yeah, that's The worst true. thing that you can hurt is, like... Your pride. Your pride. <laughs> and you're already hurting it. <laughs> Done deal. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> So go, go keep going now. I'm excited yeah. to see what this photography thing is. I'm really doing. excited to oh, tell you about it. Cool. I'll put it in the podcast at the end. Yes. You can check it out. Um, Sharers, thank you so much. Yeah. For coming out being on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Welcome. Cheers. That was really quiet. That was quiet. Do you want to do a loud one? <laughs> yeah. Great. That's, that's for the podcast.